This is Between Sundays from Commons Church, a conversational podcast about finding the sacred in the everyday. I'm your host, Bobby Sockold. We're back with another episode in the third season of Between Sundays. Season three is called Why Does It Matter? And we're exploring the elements of building a meaningful life. Thomas Merton, a smart guy who said a lot of profound stuff about the meaning of life, said, love is our true destiny. We do not find the meaning of life by ourselves. We find it with another. I've always felt the truth of that in my bones, that I cannot heal myself by myself, that I can have way more fun when I'm participating in something fun with others, that I see myself more clearly when I see myself through the context of relationships with those I love. But what's the context for our love? Is it family, a church community, a sports team? Sure, it's all of that and more. Today, you'll hear a conversation between me and Joshua Field all about why board games matter. Yeah, board games. As someone who doesn't come to board games with ease or even much interest, I was so curious about the role of board games in meaning making and intimacy. Can board games help us love? Can the struggle we face through board games help us to live with more resiliency and unity? Can Joshua Field bring me around to liking board games? I mean, it's possible. Now, there are two moments in the conversation where we'll cut to me playing a board game with my husband and my in-laws. The game is Crokinole. Maybe you know it. And it's remarkable, really, to hear board games do exactly what Josh says they can do. I hope that you will like everything about this episode. Josh's depth of experience and thought when it comes to board games, a glimpse into a family playing an old family game, and the reflection you get to do around the games that have meant something to you in the past or games you may even seek out in the future. We make Between Sundays on the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region of southern Alberta. The city of Calgary is also home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. It is a privilege to make a podcast on this land. So let's get into it. Welcome to Between Sundays. Welcome to the conversation we've called, Why Does It Matter? You are here, Josh Field. Today we are chatting with our friend Josh Field, and the topic is board games. And on your Facebook profile, Josh, you describe yourself as, this is all coming up, husband, music lover, board game nerd, and enjoyer of history. So I thought we would get to know you a little bit by those identifiers. Sure. So first you say that you are a husband, which you are. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. We don't even need to fact check it. We know it. Uh, so what makes that your lead descriptor of yourself? We actually just had our 10th anniversary in May. Um, Did you get married as little children? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was turning 23 and she was just 21. Wow. Uh, yeah, so. Um, 10 years, wow. Married quite young. So Did it's you been... date for a while before that? 
Yeah. So we we dated for like a year, got engaged, were engaged for like a year, and then okay, um, ended up getting married. Um, so that's a third of my life. So that's a, that's a big, right. you know, a big part of um who I am and um Christy, you know, and I, I hope and I have taught each other a lot of things and gone through a lot moving to Calgary and everything together. So you were, uh, you got married elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, Christy's from Calgary, but, um, we met out on Vancouver Island and at uh, camp. Yes. At Camp Camp Quanos. Camp Quanos. Right. Oh, camp loves. (laughs) And, uh, I grew up in BC, grew up on Vancouver Island and then lower mainland. So, um, but then we decided to move out here and be closer to her family and explore some opportunities here. So, and you've been here for how long? Uh, November twenty twelve. So wow, yeah, <gasps> wow. Well, Almost I'm glad you're here. Years. I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> so next, you call yourself a music lover, and I thought maybe we could hear of what types of music. <laughs> um, everything. Oh, you sing? Yeah. So I'm to, I'm yeah. in a choir. Yeah. Uh, I'm in. Uh, Spiritus Chamber Choir here okay. in Calgary. Um, and I've sung with the Calgary Philharmonic Chorus okay. as well. Um, and my mom was a elementary and middle school music teacher. Uh, so I grew As soon up, as you say that, I'm like, yes, she was. Yes. <laughs> so um, Met her. Uh, I was, you know, in the corner listening to her choral rehearsals because it was cheaper than babysitting. Right. Um since very young and was in choirs all through so middle and high music school. music just was a part of your yeah, um, the fabric of you. Yes. And I, I, um, I listen to all sorts of music and I, I really enjoy finding new and unique music that I haven't heard before that tickles right. my brain in a new way. Ah. And, um, What's something that is currently tickling your brain musically? Um, Oh man, uh, off the top of my head right now uh, is the new album by an artist uh, called Backwash. Okay, out of Toronto, I think. <laughs> we got a um, big nod from our producer. Yes, I know John's John Pencow. Well. <laughs> um, it's uh, super dark. Okay, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot about mental health and anguish and isolation of the last year, uh, as well as uh coping mechanisms for that many of which weren't positive okay um, and kind of exploring that through kind of hip-hop poetry uh-huh. lyrics but more industrial noise music and bringing it together in a really um uncomfortable but inspiring package Interesting. Um, oh my gosh there's so much in that when you listen <laughs> are you like headphones on like immersing yourself that way is it something that's like on in the room and then you turn it up if you really like it like well how do you all of the above okay. um i uh as i mentioned earlier i have a 50 minute commute yes um one way um so sometimes that's i'm listening in my car on my own turn it up um i almost always have music on in the background okay. happening and then if something catches my ear i'll turn it up more uh, and then there's other times where I just put headphones on it. So, disappear. and is, is this experience of the music that you're currently diving into and you describe as like 
being like there's a heaviness to it do you how does that work itself out with you emotionally does it like let you join in is it cathartic is it releasing like what are maybe some of the verbs of what it does i think it's a lot of things i think you know like watching a movie that is really I don't know. I always think of the uh, the Thirty Rock joke where they make the trailer for the movie hard to watch okay. as their Oscar bait, and it's just <laughs> a compilation of all the worst things that could happen to a person that were all nominated, <laughs> and they made it into one movie. Um, but watching, you know, a, a challenging experience that is other than your own mm-hmm. um, can be enlightening and an interesting exploration of humanity. Yes. Um, there's that. There's it being cathartic or speaking to maybe an aspect of myself that I haven't thought of in a certain way before, Uh you know, like poetry or prose or anything just brings a new angle to the reality of it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really interesting. I think, I think with kind of heavy or harsher sounding music, I think as a, sheltered little evangelical boy yes uh it was an outlet to think about or feel emotions that maybe were if not off limits not encouraged yeah such Um, an interesting phenomenon hey (laughs) yeah that like in the like quite central to that culture as you name it this evangelical culture of the what 90s yeah 90s into early odds was this like real shyness from that aspect of our humanity but there, it's like such a gory metaphor at the center of our faith you know this yeah. like death crucifix uh, like yeah. all, like it's such a strange irony that we ended up with a culture that was so shy or averse mm-hmm. to uh the depths of the human psyche or yeah actions um and also just, uh, you know, not, you know, being a teenager and not feeling understood. Right. And having someone who also doesn't feel understood right. losing their mind right. on the mic um, in a way that, you know, wasn't appropriate for my setting. It's um, so interesting that we kind of, yeah, like we really need some accompaniment yeah. in it. Not that even somebody would take it away, mm-hmm. but it's that like throw you a, a bit of a life preserver and so you're yeah, floating yeah. out in a, a dark space together and, and then also just less alone as someone who sings and is generally not a quiet person uh, having a new thing to play with your voice with, with oh, trying to recreate those sounds too ah. was fun as as the kid on the road trip who made bad beatboxing and sound effects for eight hours straight making my parents crazy in the back just because that's how i your energy was yeah how i got the the energy out while staring out the window um (laughs) were you on your own with your parents yeah so um i have a complicated sibling setup um but i was raised as an only child yeah um and uh and we also both my parents taught at the school i went to so i was often stuck after school by myself Uh, and then we also lived about 25 minutes out of town. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, a lot of me time in my brain, yes. um, with books, with music, you know, with my, 
Sony Discman. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so there was a lot of kind of imagination yeah. time in that had to come out somewhere. Has to come out somewhere. <laughs> All right, so the next thing you describe yourself as is a board game nerd. Yeah. Um, Which I didn't even see. And I had been like, let's talk to Josh Field about board games. <laughs> and then when I was looking for something and saw that that was how you described yourself, I was like, oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to that, find that's that. has been on there a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a point when we first moved to Calgary and we were starting to, you know, find our community felt a bit isolated you know mm-hmm. as you're in a new city you're totally. trying to figure stuff out and even though christy's family was here they had their own lives and totally and yeah there's only so much time you can spend with the in-laws as much as you love them mm-hmm. before you need something else um and um both christy and my families are game playing families okay i have fond memories of playing different card games with my grandparents uh, on both sides uh, more on my mom's side you know christy's family still like every time we hang out with them part of it is going to be playing rook or okay. some other card game yeah. golf or whatever okay um so we had that in common okay um so before uh, the, you even moved here games were a part of yours and christy's yeah like even just your life yeah or camp um, life even Less so Some maybe? somewhat, but less okay. so. Uh, sometimes on the, sometimes <laughs> on the day off, right. you might have time for a game of Crazy Eights or okay, you know something like that. Um, or speed. Part of just us growing up was having yeah. that as part of family time. Okay, I think for me moving to Calgary and going from you know maybe two weeks of snow. <laughs> on the coast, right? Winter. <laughs> I didn't even think about this. Um, the seasons to five to seven months of snow there's a point where you're like okay we want to do something other than just watch movies and tv right um do something that engages your brain more has some structured conflict and intrigue and whatever um we had like Catan and ticket to ride and had enjoyed those but they weren't great with two players okay um so i started looking online for well, what other kind of things are out there? Um, I guess it's probably 2013 or something. Okay. And started finding there were way more board games than I ever imagined. Right. It's were like there's possible. more than the like taboo, yeah, uh, yeah. monopoly, yeah, uh, Risk. yeah life, yeah, yeah. right, careers. Um, <laughs> and I found a series uh, called Tabletop, which was hosted by Will Wheaton, okay. who's from Star Trek. Okay. Uh, next generation um among other things um and he and some other um improv and comedian friends and actor friends were filming themselves playing these board games and just their energy of having fun and playing with it making characters even though there aren't characters in the rules just to like add to the fun and the silly spontaneity of playing a game I don't know, it, it appealed to me and also was a way to, oh, we can watch this game get played. Because games aren't cheap. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. A lot of board games are, are pretty expensive. I've 60 to them. $100. Wow. Um, so if we're going to be buying something when mm-hmm. we're, you know, new in town, we both 
don't right. both have jobs yet. Right. Uh, I'm working part-time. Christy's looking, you know. Right. You want your investment to matter. Yeah. So yeah. being able to watch an edited version of someone playing the whole game oh. to get a feel for it was okay. kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, and you learn, oh, hey, there's board games that you work together to beat the board. Oh. You work cooperatively rather than fighting against each other. Okay. There's games that don't use dice at all. Um, or there's games that take Yahtzee and turn it into more of a game where like you're rolling and, oh, I got three fists. So I punch someone three times and <laughs> we have like a fight. Okay. Um, just seeing how many different things there were was really interesting and exciting. And, you know, it's all different problems to solve or mm. puzzles to um figure out on every turn uh and we started you know picked up one the first one we actually got was one of those ones where you work together okay it's called pandemic oh it's really a, yeah it's actually a huge board game it's very okay. popular okay i don't know how it's done in the last year and a half yeah. um, whether it's done better or either worse or it, it could go either way <laughs> yeah having that kind of novel experience of we're working together to save the world against this virus. Okay. And having a game that has figured out how to... So at the end of every turn, you flip two cards. Two of them might be okay. And then the next round, something bad might happen. And then it tells you what to put on the board oh. that then you are fighting against. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and we found that that was actually a really good thing that brought us together. Wow. That we enjoyed. That working on a problem a problem together yeah that we could try and solve um was a good exercise for us <laughs> especially sometimes in some of the trickier parts of you know everyone goes through seasons in a relationship mm -hmm. you know moving to another city and the stress of that looking yeah. for jobs and the stress of that and maybe not having good connection points because mm -hmm. life just feels big and overwhelming mm -hmm. to be like oh hey Here's this game that oh, has rules yeah. that we can, that's a puzzle that we can solve while working together. Yeah. Um, it's like, was really, hmm. was a really cool thing to discover that we like doing together. Mm. And that's expanded to video games where we work together and other ways of kind of finding uh, play where you're on the same team, but you still have that competitive outlet yeah i want to talk more about that a little bit later okay so let's put a little pin in it but i'm i'm really really curious about the role or the opportunity games provide for intimacy like that's something i'm really i'm interested in exploring but let's okay. just take a step back a little bit and i wonder if you can talk about even like some of your first memories of playing games like and in particular sort of feeling like i love this yeah that feeling i guess two come to mind and they're both okay. with grandparents actually oh, okay um one is i remember playing memory you know just the tile game where you have to flip yeah. one and then you try to find the one that matches yeah. and if you don't you flip them back and you have to right. remember where they are um playing that with my my dad's mom when she was in hospital oh. she passed away quite young uh, in her uh, late 60s, I think. Oh, wow. um, so a lot of my memories of her are in the hospital. Okay. Um, and so I have a memory of playing that with her and that mm. being kind of a 
I wasn't left alone with her a lot okay. at the hospital, but having that be a moment where it was just the two of us. Right. And, and intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Something really um, special. And something, you know, I was seven when she passed away. So I was oh, quite young. Yeah. So there's only, you know, but something where she could come to my level and play and yeah. not have it be about her bed or whatever. Right. Um, and then I also have a lot of memories with, um, my granny and gramps on my mom's side playing nickels or Ramoli, uh, King's corner. Yes. Um, I have a, that's what's surfacing for me is I played King's corner with yeah. my grandpa and he had early, um, onset dementia. Yeah. And I, that's kind of like some of my last memories right. of him knowing us or at mm-hmm. least knowing something of what it felt like to be around us is yeah. around that King, which I hadn't thought about until, yeah. Can you talk about these stories? And and also, you know, there were some times where we were over there and Granny had her bridge night mm. with all her ladies. Yes. And she was, by all accounts, very good at bridge. Okay. And just, you know, staring from the balcony up like above yes. the, the living room. Like the kids would like <gasps> crawl up after bed and like look down and try to figure out what the heck's going on and having no idea yeah. how any of the crazy math that bridge involves. Oh, wow. Um works i still don't know how to play bridge it's kind of like watching somebody be more than their role like she's more than a grandmother in that moment she's like also her own person with her interests and her crazy math ability at this game that's really interesting and she was very much uh a homemaker okay uh you know she showed us a lot of her love through cooking yeah and um stuff like that so seeing her get competitive, it was oh. like basically the only time we'd ever see Granny competitive. Another side. Yeah, uh, it was always interesting. What me. was it like? Like, what did you see? What do you remember of her being like different or competitive? Honestly, I think she was so, she was very good. So it was almost like a calm cockiness. <laughs> you know, just like a, like she Come knew when she, she knew when she was in control. Um, oh wow! In a way, like this is my house, kind of thing. And like again, like, like I we were play. peeking you into this world. Play. Like we oh, weren't yeah. really participating. So hmm. I don't have a lot of that, but yeah. it, it it is still a, you know a fun aspect that yeah. that came out. Ah, oh, I love that story of you. Yeah, just being like a viewer. Yeah. If you ever meet my dad you should ask him why he doesn't like playing card games because the answer is my grandmother was an absolute shark oh <laughs> in, in like, card games not not in any other aspect of her life like mm-hmm. like like josh mm-hmm. said like yeah. very kind very just just smother us with love in the best yeah. possible way uh and when it came to cards apparently she ruined my dad for <gasps> card games he doesn't play them anymore because of how just absolutely brutal she was this I'm really curious about this. Maybe we just roam here because I think about this like as games up are they a place to sort of like exercise some of these things or like allow our humanity to like roam in a more uh like broad and maybe true way, less censored. I remember playing Settlers, one of the very few times I've played Settlers. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you how the game works or what the point is now. But, and yeah, for anyone wondering about my own interest in games, it's very slim. <laughs> so I'm, but you told me you hated Yeah, I really games. quite hate them. <laughs> 
but I've been doing all this thinking about them and, yeah. and I feel like I'm already coming around to a different kind of curiosity because mm-hmm. I just put on a, a different kind of inquiry getting ready for this. But this, this, this thing about what we explore in our own humanity through games. Mm-hmm. And I, so I had played Settlers and it was with a bunch of uh, Briarcrest people. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, I, we had been out of Briarcrest for a while. I had already lived in California, moved back to Canada. It was a party. We were playing Settlers. Somebody I thought who was really nice was not nice in this game. And I remember being like, I am, I don't like this. Like, I, I'm really uncomfortable with your level of, co- like, it just wasn't mm-hmm. you. It seemed like you couldn't kind of read the room where other people were just having a nice time. Like, he could not kind of let go of some moments. You know, and I, I was like, this feels really, I, I don't, I didn't know. I didn't feel much trust. Like, yeah. I feel like this person isn't, is now not a trustworthy person. <laughs> you know, I ended up kind of like, I never saw them again. You know, it's yeah, not yeah. somebody I know. Yeah. And, but trying to understand who that, you know, at a party you're like, who are these people? Oh, I sort of remember you from a time. And now I definitely don't like you. (laughs) But, uh, you know, that kind of aspect of like what comes out when we play games and is that for our benefit? Is that for our detriment? It can't be an either or thing, but. No, it's definitely all. And it does, it does really bring things out in people. You know, talking about your, it was your grandpa or your dad? It was my grandma absolutely ruining my dad. dad, Who doesn't play. Um, I have a friend. Yeah. Um, he's one of my best friends. We're very similar in a lot of ways. He, you have to twist his arm pretty hard to get him to play a game right. because he doesn't like how competitive he gets. So when he's he plays. aware of that in himself. He's scared that he's going to have that reaction that you just described yeah. from someone. An innocent bystander totally. who just gets in the way of like, no, this is how the rules work. Rah, I'm gonna win. Um, so he, he kind of he doesn't like how competitive he gets, so he tones it down. Um, for other people, there's some board games where there's an element of deception, right, among the players where you're keeping things secret uh, and whatever. And when you find out that the sweetest person that you've trusted totally like slit your throat in there. <laughs> is the greatest liar you've ever met that's a chilling moment but it's also pretty cool yeah. you know like um and to see a i guess a moral way to exercise right. what is kind of a skill you know being yeah. able to keep that poker face and control what information you let out is a skill that you can use in real life, but seeing them be able to just ruthlessly (laughs) exploit everyone at the table. Um, and then like flip that last card and be like, I won. We're like, you were in fourth place two seconds ago and now you've won, you know, is super fun. So what is it about a game that allows that welcomes that encourages it even? It's a context thing. It's a, Within the confines of this, the rules say you can do you, this. You're in a different world now. You don't, Yeah, you don't have to worry about what people think of you. I mean, maybe you should sometimes. <laughs> but, like, but if the rules allow it, you can do it. So that means in the context of this game, this behavior is moral. It right. is part of the point of how you win this game. Right. So being able then 
to manipulate others or, you know, be kind of ruthlessly mean in game. Yeah. You can let it go, hopefully. Right. You know, <laughs> 20 minutes after the game's over, you might be like, dang, that, that person really like killed us. Right. That. But and if you, you can, don't yeah, hold it against them. Mm, it's um, part of play. Yeah. That and it's, it's confined. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's everyone's trying to do it to a certain degree. Right. Just a side note. If people can't let it go and they are genuinely upset, you often don't play with those people again. Right. Like this is part of right. the contract of playing games is being able to let it go. Uh-huh. It being a friendly sense of competition. If someone is taking it personally, if you backstab them in a game, right. like it's the game, man. Right. They might not get invited next time. Right. Because you have to have those boundaries. That's it. And, uh, kind of going back to the theme of intimacy again, you sort yeah. of realize like a gap there. Yeah. Like, oh, this is something we like to do. And maybe like maintaining relationship with you means not playing these games yeah. together again. <laughs> yeah. Um, or in your case, I don't think I want to be friends with that person yeah. at all. After I never this. saw them again. Um, <laughs> Didn't like, feel bad about that. So we accidentally started coming to Commons like November of the first year. Oh, wow. And, you know, Jeremy was up front being like, you know, we're all new here. Like, meet people. And we're like, yeah, they're just kind of being welcoming. And we were like, oh, no, it's actually like two months old. We had no idea. We were just like told (laughs) there was this church. We're going to come. And then kind of in February, we joined a small group. And a big part of connecting with that small group was we found out that other people liked board games in that group and we would kind of every month or two have a big like instead of doing the bible study thing or whatever we'd have a big games night and people would bring games they liked so you get to know people by Mm -hmm. what games they like they can teach you a game you can teach them a game and like learning like what people like what people don't like as far as games go oh yeah but also it's a you know when you're talking with someone, it's, there's that rule of like it's a good thing to have a third thing happening. Yes. So that it, it can de- you can deflect to something or you can revert to something if it gets awkward. Mm-hmm. Board games are great for that. It's the third thing. It's the third thing. It's the, you know, we're getting to know a new yeah. couple. If we don't know what to talk about, we just focus it's on easy. our turn for a couple right. turns and something will come up. Right. Or you're also like building a shared experience. Yes. Together having that as something that you can take away from it after instead yeah. of just sat in a room. I wonder too if it there's something about maybe not so consciously, but you're you expand kind of the shared emotion of mm-hmm. being together. So you're able to like be dramatic and sad and, mm-hmm. you know, uh a, a lot a, a different kind of laughter. Uh you know, not at anyone's expense. Uh all of like if you're if you're having more shared emotional experiences, what that does for your relationship when you then go sit down to have right. a conversation about like, how's your spiritual life? <laughs> you might not be thinking like this, this game now is a part of uh, uh, us building some trust, but because you've been able to uh, explore like a different emotional space together. Yeah. You get to see, you know, some of those quote unquote bigger emotions yeah but in like a safe context safe. and see how people 
deal with them how people deal with defeat how people deal with victory or uh, challenge struggle yeah so you learn you can learn a lot about people totally Um, and you strike me as a pretty observant person (laughs) so you're probably taking so much and do you think a lot of people are doing that i think to varying degrees Yeah. yeah i think even if they're not conscious of it, that's what we're always doing, right? Yeah, like as think, humans, we're like, are you safe? Are you safe? Yeah. Like, can I trust you? Can I trust you? And I think some people don't feel comfortable with games because you can find find ways to hide behind games. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is a character that I'm playing that comes right. out. This is, you know, this is tactical Josh versus, you know, normally like worrying about is everyone okay, okay. Josh. Um, um, but for some people that might be that might make them feel exposed. You know, that might go like, oh, if I lose, I know I'm going to get upset. I don't want to see pe- have people see me that way and right. maybe and judge vulnerable. me that way. Yeah. yeah. There is a degree of vulnerability there. Yes. But I don't like to push people to play games because I want them to have fun. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a game bully. No. Do it! <laughs> um, and I know people have, you know, varying tolerances for how complex a game can be, mm-hmm. how um, silly a game can be whatever i do tend to like to push people to be like there is a game you'll like yeah like i think we can find something for everyone okay especially with what's out there like how much is out there now like there's like right i think there's like thirty thousand entries on board game geek which is like the i love IM- that you just brought that up <laughs> the imdb <laughs> of games of board games um yeah with like you can search by publisher by by the guy who designed it by the person who made the art like it's it gets deep if you (laughs) get into it um the name's escaping me right now but there's like a version that's basically uh pictionary except that you have a phrase Mm -hmm. then you draw a picture of the phrase and then someone sees the picture and then writes what they think the phrase is Mm -hmm. so it's like telephone where it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse okay um and then you know that's just hilarious it's just silly fun doesn't matter if you win or right. lose. If you have no you idea what the person scale. wrote, you just describe what you saw, and then the next person tries to draw that. Right, and it's goofy and it's fun. Or you can have an eight-hour try to conquer the galaxy with resource management, um, having a queue for building units, like calculating how long it's going to take to get from here to there across okay. like multiple star jumps or what. Like it, it can get <laughs> so crazy right i have a game that i play with uh devon who used to work here yeah um and you're hunting monsters okay and depending on what side of them you attack you flip a card or another and it's randomly generated what their reaction is going to be but it's based on where you hit them whether you hurt them or if you miss what they do and it's like this ai deck that they respond in different ways and like if you chop the lion's tail off, you can take the tail home and use it to build stuff. And like, it gets <laughs> What's crazy. it called? <laughs> so it's the most ridiculous name ever. It's called Kingdom Death Monster. <laughs> um, and it's super dark. Like, it's it's a grim dark. Oh my gosh. Like, you guys are probably going to die every time. Um, you can get permanent injuries to your characters where their eye gets ripped out and stuff. It's oh crazy. Oh my gosh. But like, there's so... I'm just saying that as like, how broad yes, that's board what, games have become. Right. It isn't that just... there's got to be something for everyone. Yeah. So most people, like when you were saying I hate board games, yeah. my immediate thought was 
tell me your traumatic monopoly story yes right <laughs> you said that do you have one or like a, a i'm thinking about you know what what is my resistance and i think there is i played games as a kid mm-hmm. i played tons of monopoly with my cousins and loved it uh and we played card games yeah like with my grandpa i mentioned we played i i feel like you know, we had we had the basic like we had life, we had some dominoes, we had Monopoly, and I, I don't sorry, you mm-hmm. know those games. And I think that maybe there the the breadth that you describe, I wasn't a, you know that didn't sort mm-hmm. of grow with me. So if I would have been interested in something next, mm-hmm. there was never anything introduced. Or I grew up on a farm in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. like that. You know those interests just weren't sort of available there wasn't a lot Mm -hmm. of access to that um i I think i get i'm not a patient person Mm. so i find like learning games i just find it like i'm so i'm bored the sitting and the like listening to rules i also think it's the toughest part is it yeah that's interesting to hear i thought i was kind of alone in that it's that like oh gosh like quite a bit of investment of focus Mm -hmm. (laughs) for what and i think i probably really struggle with things i don't control Mm -hmm. and so i think that the uh the open like handedness that you Mm -hmm. have to have to play games is maybe a struggle for me and maybe I'm sure there's yeah there's probably depth to like me sort of doing a lot of work um, to understand the people I'm with Mm -hmm. and I'm really focused on that rather than like the thing and so the game becomes an obstacle yeah, to that rather yes. than something that facilitates yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Or I haven't been able to marry those things. But I married into a family that loves games. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan's oldest sister uh, and her family, they have two now like adult children, you know, just finished first year university and one just graduated. And they will play games all holidays. Mm-hmm. Like the, you, we go out to the island it's game, game, game. And I've, I finally said, I will play a game a day like that. Yeah. I, I'm going to play a game a day because I love you people. Mm-hmm. But so it's kind of a bit of a shtick. But uh, and I enjoy them when I do. And the mm-hmm. more I kind of know them and know our relationship, I think I can enter into it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I don't come to loving games with a lot of like, it doesn't feel like a natural thing for mm-hmm. me. So I, I'm curious about spirituality, obviously, you know, yeah. we're connected to a faith community and I mean, I don't know if you have language around spirituality and games or what does your brain do when you think about spirituality and games and is there a link there for you? Is it? I think it is more just the way that it facilitates connection. Yeah. And if you can explain the rules to someone, you can play with anyone. Right. Like any background, if you're operating under the same rule set, you can play a game. Hmm. I went to one game day where I was the only cishet person at the table. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot. Hmm. But I also, when I needed to shut up, (laughs) because I'm a white dude, (laughs) I just played the game. And I could listen, but work on the strategy part while listening. And like, I think there is a connection of... It opens doors, I think. Ooh, I love that um, metaphor. Yeah, it, if if you're agreeing 
this is the activity we're doing and everyone's on the same page and everyone wants to be there mm-hmm. um because there's nothing worse than playing with someone who doesn't want to be there right. um, bobby well, <laughs> depends on the game right, figure yeah. It out. um yeah it's just one of those things where you, you start realizing oh we're thinking about this the same way or we're uh, thinking about yeah. it differently but we're getting, yeah. like that what i was just That's describing thing but, like, too, that, that other way of doing something Mm -hmm. i was curious too like i was thinking about uh spiritual practices Mm -hmm. you know if we were to just decide right now uh playing a board game is a spiritual practice Mm -hmm. you know what would be the invitation you know a spiritual practice of like meditation can help you feel grounded and uh take a beat and really listen to other people yeah i think games do make you be in the present oh okay at their best yes right yeah um right you but stop from start worrying to about your budget right or what's happening at work because that guy's red guy is gonna right. kill my purple guy right um and that's what matters right right now. um so the practice of being present and to also what is yeah depending on the game of letting go of control yes okay um of practicing okay there's some chaos here yeah uh, and i have to be able to move with that chaos right and if i fight the chaos it's not going to work out well right the chaos will consume the me. chaos is going to happen <laughs> we're rolling dice right or, there's a um, chance yeah there's un- things aren't predictable that's the fun it's novel yeah. yeah so i think there's that i think this might be a stretch okay but there are games that are like resource management so like being a good steward quote unquote of like what you have in your hand right to then and seeing what your choices what the results are of those choices compared to what someone else decided right and sometimes it's luck affecting that as Mm -hmm. well but you know trying to um there are some games where i can do this thing that gets me two things or I can get this thing that gives me one thing, but it's the exact thing I need. Most of those games, if you do the thing that gets you two things, eventually you'll have enough of the things to do the thing you need. <laughs> and you have now twice as many resources as the other person who was just doing one thing. Huh. And then you're like, ah, now I can do two things at once or whatever. Okay. Um, so like having that resource management, I think, you know, yeah. could be, you know, a spiritual practice of like yeah. taking care of what you have in front of you. Right. Right. Um, and planning for the future, but also dealing with the moment again. I think the main thing is just being in the moment with people mm-hmm. and, you know, having a shared understanding of what is happening mm-hmm. um, is a really good thing. I, I A lot of my social life in Calgary has grown because of board games, <laughs> whether it's that small group that we bonded yeah. over having board game nights or the guy that I bought a secondhand game off of and he was on his way to a game night and he's like, you should talk to that guy. He hosts a game night regularly. And then I went the next week and now like two of those guys are some of the people that I interact with the most. Wow. And it was just a random, hey, we both like the same thing. Yeah, your Come paths crossed quickly and um, then included you. Yeah. I think that's it. It's just yeah. about being in the same space as another person hmm. and having a shared acceptance of like what the point is, what the rules are for yeah. this interaction and then just being there. Just being there. It makes me think about duration. Like mm-hmm. you're there for 
a, a chunk of time, like mm-hmm. you said, one to three hours, say. Mm-hmm. That's how, you know, if I have an interaction with someone at a coffee shop and it feels great, but mm-hmm. it's so quick, it's so fleeting to look someone in the eye, to laugh together, and then off I go with my traditional cappuccino. But what does it do to our relationship as neighbors, as, mm-hmm. you know, community members to have spent, you know, not... 30 seconds or a minute of interacting, but an hour. Mm-hmm. It's such an interesting thing about games as, as you're talking to think about, well, if we looked in each other's eyes and laughed repeatedly for three hours, mm-hmm. like what has that done to mm-hmm. our interpersonal connection Yeah. versus even just coming to church and seeing you and Christy walk in and uh, joking a bit about how weird it feels right now. Yeah. And then off you go, you know, it was yeah, great yeah. to see you. But did that, did that, how, what kind of deposit did that make well, in a, relationship versus a duration? It seems like games provide well, that opportunity. There's that thing, I think Jeremy's mentioned it in the sermon, but like mm-hmm. it's like a thousand hours to become a friend with someone. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. And if you think of like one hour a day, right? that's three years, like, <laughs> or two and a half years before you're like, re- like really good really? friends. Like it's shorter yeah. to become like, on good terms it might be 100 but even like that's a lot of time in 20 minute chunks totally but if you're meeting every week for three hours yeah you get through that just accelerating yeah you know that's why when you go on a camping trip with someone and you're like yeah we like these people and then you spend like a whole weekend you've got like half of your hundred hours or whatever to like that first hurdle of like right you know good acquaintances to actual friends right that's why those experiences are so transformative and i think like game nights can be that in miniature yeah yeah it's like a middle space of that it's not and it helps keep the night going Mm -hmm. you know you might have a conversation with someone you might even have them over for coffee but if there's a lull at a certain point someone might get uncomfortable and go this is really great you know it's 20 minutes or whatever Mm -hmm. like that's enough yeah for most that's an acceptable time to leave after coming over potentially (laughs) and you know socially but then to go like okay like i'm I'm gonna take Mm -hmm. off it's good seeing you blah blah Mm -hmm. blah instead of oh it's a lull and we play the game and then something else comes up and then you can get to that second or third ring of getting to know someone right you know outside of the small talk or like how's work going and then you can you know you might find yourself talking about stuff that you didn't expect to be sharing with this person because you're just there longer. Right. Just duration. Yeah. Do you even count that? Do you even... 45, 45, 75, 80. We'll call that that practice. (laughs) Are you ready? Practice round's over. Okay. I need more practice. I think this is one more. Yeah. I've been playing this a lot as a kid. I also remember seeing this board a lot, but I don't. When I put your book down, when you put your book down. (laughs) (laughs) Over my book, I saw people playing a game that looked like this. And then I went back to reading my book. I think it's my turn to start. Yeah, you're up. You're up, Chuckles. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Focus. Don't mess. Be careful. Ooh. Very good. Oh, 
Not an easy shot for Bateman. Wow. Uh, well, you must have played this a lot as a kid too, judging by your not skills. As, not as much. Got it. That's good. Wow. So I just want to hit this anywhere, but you want to especially hit it? hit it off the board. Yeah. You want to hit it on this side, and then you'll come in here. Okay, easy. So you want to come at a bit more of an angle? Over. Are you telling me the truth, or are you yeah, trying to deceive yeah, me? Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. it has a greater chance of you oh, coming here. Okay. Ooh, well, I hit it and stayed on the board, so yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a, that's a plus. Ooh, oh, it's oh, oh, Okay, well. Okay, it's clear. Let's cleared. see if we can... Good focus. Wow, that's if it. If you just come right in she there, really John, hit that it. over here. Yeah, I'm going just here. tap it right in. That's the plan. That's the plan. Mom, did you ever play sports? It's volleyball in high school. Good shot. Wow. Now I'm supposed to hit that. That's right. <laughs> you want to be part of the family. <laughs> you got it. Nice. Nice. I still am like, I don't exactly know what I'm supposed to be doing, but oh, oh. <laughs> How often do does uh, real life come back around a board game? You know, do you find when you're playing a board game, it's all about the game, it's about what's happening in front, or do you find, hey, how's work? how's your mom doing? Like those conversations weave back in or is that less something that happens? It doesn't happen think, as much. I think one of the nice things about having something like a board game is it has the option to or not. Mm-hmm. You don't have to force it. And it, I think even if it does come back every third board game night, like you maybe have some like 20 minutes of chatting while you're setting up or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you play the game but you're still getting to know someone. You yeah. might like, as, especially if there's more than one person, you know, if you've got four or five people around a right. board, you know, someone, when it's not their turn, is going to say something to the person next to them. It's also not their turn. And then that conversation can go somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and like, hopefully it's not so distracting that right. then the game doesn't happen. Yeah, get out or, of here. <laughs> or not, depending on what kind of game night you're having. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the point of the game night is to facilitate chatting right. you know, more than it is to like get the game done right i struggle with that i want to get the game done um but uh, <laughs> that's why you're a board game nerd <laughs> but uh yeah i think it does come back and you know even you're like okay i've played board games with these guys five or six times we've mostly talked about you know what tv shows we're watching and the games that we're playing and whatnot and then like on the sixth time He's telling me about navigating stuff with his ex-wife and his son. Right. You know, when you're like, oh, just because that are. came up that day. Right. He had that phone call an hour before you right. got there. Um, and now you've had enough time right. hanging out where it feels safe to talk about that stuff. Hmm. You know? Um, that has happened multiple times. Right. That kind of thing. It's not every time. But it creates the opportunity for that. I like that. Yeah. Just it, having a, a Just standing... being together means it's a possibility yeah. that you can meet a need and be a listening ear or... And having yeah. some of that unplanned social space where right. you, you, know, you have an activity. But there's margin but around there, it. But it isn't 
we're talking about this and then when we're done talking about that we're done talking Mm -hmm. or just having it kind of float yeah and and, you know like with meditation or whatever you have those thoughts float by Mm -hmm. you can grab them and talk about them or let them go Mm -hmm. you know um or just hone in on killing the guy on the other side of the board (laughs) okay speaking of killing the other guy on the side of the board i want to talk about uh struggle in in games and i again i was reading you know some of victor frankl's book on man's search for meaning because i this conversation is you know being anchored in that what do games what do board games do or or provide for us around meaning and he there was a quote about tensions and it goes something like this, um, that he considers it a dangerous misconception of mental hygiene to assume that what man needs in the first place is equilibrium or as it is called in biology, homeostasis, um, example, attentionless state. What man actually needs is not attentionless state, but rather the striving and struggling for a worthwhile goal uh, a freely chosen task. And I had underlined that, that, like, I was like, that's something of game board games right there. The striving and struggling for a worthwhile goal. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And again, it's kind of like, what are we practicing mm-hmm. when we're playing board games in our, of the human experience? And there's gotta be something about struggle and tension. And like you'd mentioned chaos, like yeah. we're coming up against those things you're not just skipping through a field playing board games. You're Yeah, no, that's struggling. an activity. That's yeah. not a game. Yeah, okay, okay. So talk more about that. Yeah, so I think I, I think that's true. I think and I think that's why people play video games. I think that's why people play board games. I think that's why people play sports or mm-hmm. watch sports. There's a lot of that. <laughs> um, a lot of that is looking for outlets for that. Yeah, yeah. For the unexpected, for feeling stress in a safe environment that then you can let go um for having a cathartic communal experience oh you know? uh, yeah um well we all lost and we all feel bad about that and, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting seeing the different kinds of people who play board games or the kind of games people who play board games like oh yeah so some people their favorite part is being like i can do two things there are 10 things i want to do and picking those two things out of those 10 things what would you call that um just like crunchy cess- decisions <laughs> um, but other people like other people get analysis paralysis where they go i can't pick because i want to do all 10 and so they don't like that okay so seeing like where that struggle threshold is oh that's really helpful um so some people really like the i'm stuck how do i get out of it or there's too many things i need to do i have five turns to do 10 things can I make it work or can I get, can I get six of them instead of five of them? You know, like, can I get one more than I should be able to by my understanding of the rules or by thinking laterally. And that's a very satisfying mental exercise, you know, and I think it is a, there is a sense of mental exercise to it where you're flexing a different part of your brain that maybe you don't get to use at work. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in your day-to-day struggles, but also if you do completely fail at it, it's over and it doesn't have any permanent consequence, yeah. but you get to practice that resistance that's training. It. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so interesting. You get to practice realizing you're losing and knowing 
that there's three rounds left and you're probably not going to let go. But yeah. Like, okay. Can I get third place instead of fifth right. place? You know, like finding ways to like change. self-negotiation and, and, you know, like reframing things is just such an important skill in life. Right. Like this used to matter to me. Now that's not available. Or, so now what matters? Or to this me? is bad. Oh. Or, okay, maybe it isn't all bad. Where's the good in this? Okay. I think you can do a micro version of that in board games. <laughs> of a, like, oh, that person just smacked me. <laughs> okay, maybe I focus over here now. My plan was to go left. Maybe I go right. And maybe that ends up being better for me. <sighs> I think there is a bit of that. And um, we both like Pete Holmes. So I'm going to bring yeah, Pete Holmes Yeah, I up. love some Pete um, Holmes. But he talks book. about the fact that like, why would I ever leave my house when any, like all the best food in the world can come to my doorstep and like anything I want can come to my doorstep. And there's a certain point where like, oh no, being uncomfortable, you feel more alive after. Yes. I love that um, word aliveness and in that. food made with love feels different mm. than just getting takeout. Um, so I think like having struggle in a friendly setting mm -hmm. feels different than just another day at work or mm -hmm. getting ground down however much you like your work you know it's yeah. a different way to challenge your brain you're challenging a different part of your brain you're using it you're feeding it mm -hmm. um there's just something about aliveness to that yeah yeah and I, you know which comes back to like being in the moment yeah really feeling that defeat but then mm -hmm. also whatever like my life hasn't changed mm -hmm. i think having that kind of tension and release mentally yeah um and having it in a safe context is really awesome oh this is for the game i know it is <laughs> so we're sitting five up right now <laughs> Be careful you don't put us in the picture. Oh, oh! She confidently <laughs> marched right in. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got 10. That was cancel. Wow. 25. 20. 25. 25. Nice, man. Look at you guys beat us there. Yeah. Good job, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Are we excited? Yeah. We're going to stop. Yeah. Well, we all love each other. And that was a nice warm up. Yeah, it was yeah. great. We'll see you back at the board tomorrow. Okay, I'm watching our time a little bit. Yeah. And there are still a couple things I want to get to. Let's do it. One of my big questions is can games help us love? Yeah. And I think about your connection in your marriage to games and how it mm -hmm. plays this really kind of unifying force and i remember i've always been really curious about that like mm -hmm. i remember traveling different places and seeing that couples who were also traveling had games with them card yep. games or a little travel scrabble or something and i it, it always i always felt kind of other from that i was like mm -hmm. i don't i can never see myself doing mm -hmm. that like taking a game with me somewhere to play with a mm -hmm. partner um and and I always just thought they're onto something, but I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, that so, how can games help us love? Can you give some language? Yeah, just to that to 
launch off what you just said. Yeah. Christy and I just went camping for four days yeah. and we took 12 games and we played 10 of them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I would have been in the campsite beside being like, how, what? Like yeah, just, they're doing uh, the, something. The that fire's seems, on and we're, yeah, you're you playing know. games. So it's, it's so, I'm just so curious about it. Yeah. There's something to me that I think I it, don't it, relate to, but I think there's gotta be, it's gotta help you love. Yeah. I think that, um, what I kind of mentioned earlier is like, especially with cooperative games where you are united in a goal of stopping a global pandemic or keeping the zombies out of your, um, settlement or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, those kind of games. Yeah. Working together, mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, some of them have, you have individual goals as well as the united mm-hmm. goals. So like, can we save our little corner of the earth from this disease mm-hmm. while you also manage to collect this many whatevers. Right. Um, I had also done some reading around, there's some research that shows that people um, like each other more just from playing a game, even if they've been beaten badly, mm-hmm. that you end up feeling more trust in relationship uh, after playing together bonds, cooperation, play, and that it has this ability to like build stronger social fabric. Uh, yeah, I and think, I just thought like, that's so interesting too, to be like, it can be something you lose yeah. at, and you can still walk away being like, but I kind of like you more. Yeah. And that's gotta be quite core. Like liking someone yeah. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah, intimacy yeah. is like pretty, the, pretty key. It's a pretty key. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that both being in the present, doing one thing together mm-hmm. is big yeah, you when know you I mean. have so many things. Cause even, even if we're watching a show together. It doesn't feel like that always. Right. It's Sometimes kind it's of like, like really, children really... doing parallel, like little kids yeah. do parallel play right? yeah. in, in child development. Um, Whereas like then you get to that place where they're like playing together and imagining yeah. a world together. And yeah. That. Um, and also you kind of, you get to know each other a bit and like, how are you thinking about this problem? Like, oh, I would never. Which it must be why you took like play all those games. They're offering you something different each game yeah. offers you something a little a bit different, different a different puzzle a different yeah. part of your brain that you're yeah. using to figure that out um, so the novelty is fun for you but the opportunity in relationship is to just go deeper yeah all the time and also uh, yeah i think it's just having a shared space and intention is really key when there's so many things distracting you in real yeah, life yeah something and, unifying cuz you know there've been times in our relationship where we're just like all right you're dealing with this fire i'm dealing with this fire and like having something to come back together around like for some people it's cooking or a meal right um or working out together Mm -hmm. or you know whatever and you know we've done all of those to different degrees too but having having a game that's specifically like okay we're gonna have some fun um or or face a challenge together hmm. or challenge each other um in a way that um we're also not going to take personally mm-hmm. <laughs> um is is really good and i think um yeah I, I think it's the same reason why like i said earlier why you know a lot of my friends in calgary have grown around games mm-hmm. um or 
strengthening this relationship with my half siblings in the states who didn't know I existed until 2012. Wow. Um, you know, and like having games as an inroad, especially with my younger brother, mm-hmm. having a game, in this case, a video game like Dark Souls, where it's a hard game, not a lot of people like it, it's kind of niche. Um, but he'd beaten it and I was playing it. And for him to feel like, okay, I don't really know this guy, but I can help him through this was a really good first bridge that we could bond over. So we could talk about this video game and then like you get a little hint of like, so what are you doing for work? And then we go back to the video game. If we start to get to the like, this is weird because we're both adults, but like, yeah, we don't know about each other yet. To Um, do the work of relationship building. Yeah. Alongside and sneak it in. Yeah. Through play. Yeah. Um, It's, it's been a big thing kind of just in my life socially, like yeah. having those those moments. You're not afraid of dark themes. No. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Does, does, do board games have a place in our relationship with death? I'd say loss more specifically. Yeah, okay. Like I think you could probably extrapolate that to death. But I mean, in Dungeons and Dragons, I played a character for 18 months and then he died. Hmm. And I had to make a new one. Wow. And... I didn't like how he died. Okay. It was not glorious. Some grief there? <laughs> it was not glorious. Okay. It was, it was unfortunate. Okay. And having to be a little like, that sucked. Yeah. This guy was awesome and I wanted him to die awesome. And uh, he didn't. Like, you know, if I was going to die, I wanted to die yeah, like taking the dragon blaze. down. Instead oh, right. of like, uh, I uh, misread a spell and it knocked me out and then I got stepped on a couple times and I got, <laughs> you know, like... It was kind of embarrassing. It's kind of like, um, oh, he died on the toilet. And oh. then, you know, but then also like, okay, that was a year and a half, mm. you know, of Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I get to make a new thing. Mm. And what, Resurrected. How, like, what character do I want to play this time? Like, what aspect of my personal persona do I want to exaggerate mm-hmm. in this character? Mm-hmm. Um you know, and I think, I think with role playing games, especially like people get a chance to maybe play a character who might deal with conflict the opposite of how they do. Maybe they avoid conflict at all right. costs, and they make a character who like goes for it, like head first. Hmm. Um, and then learning, like, okay, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. How would I maybe do that in real life? But as far as like loss and stuff, I think. I think having those small losses. Yes, exactly. I want builds up that immunity that. to that a bit. You yeah, know? I was thinking about like small endings, mm-hmm. kind of always practicing for the huge capital yeah, yeah, yeah. E endings. Yeah. Or the I think it's a roar. Richard Roar's done some mm-hmm. talking about. I I might not get that right, but that c- contemplative idea that life is really just a many sequences of learning to let go mm-hmm. until you are at your end and you're practiced mm-hmm. at letting go. And when I, I think about death every day <laughs> and I think about just so, it's so silly, but I'd broken something that was quite sentimental to mm-hmm. me. And I thought you're, this is, you throw it away. Mm-hmm. This is an end to, mm-hmm. to this. And you let go of it, Bobby, because you have to let go of your life someday. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> just a, like, a, even just, 
not, uh, I didn't need to grieve it. I could just acknowledge, hey, this meant something to me. It's a sentimental object. Now it's gone. Uh, I threw it away. I'll never see a portion of it again. And it seemed kind of helpful to like, remember, I practice letting go. Mm -hmm. Just let it go. No, I think I think gaming can do that. You know, you can have a, a good run in a game. Yeah. And then like suddenly the carpet gets ripped <laughs> out from under you and you right. have to just like, ah, okay, go. or whatever. Or, yeah. you know, I've lost the same game four times in a row to Christy. And like, <laughs> well, you know, you get like, oh, that time I was one point away. You know, if I'd done one different thing. Okay, next time. Right. You know, and like yeah. having those moments. But also, you know, in, in, uh, I think in role playing, you can explore that more. Mm -hmm. um, it depends on the group. I feel like you really, we've done a bait and, a bait and switch here. We've talked about board games as gateway to get people to play role well, playing. No, but I think it's all, it's all in that play space. Yeah. It's all using an agreed upon set of rules. Right. It's just that one is more open-ended than mm -hmm. the other. Like really Dungeons and Dragons is a board game plus imagination okay. in a lot of ways. Just, yeah, I hadn't thought um, about it like that. So that's why it's easy to kind of make that transition talking about yeah. it and i think well there's they they seem so seamlessly kind of yeah. interwoven in this part of your life yeah and also when you start talking about the role-playing side of things you're, you're embodying your character more mm -hmm. so there's more space to explore hmm. themes other than what's this puzzle or this conflict on the board right um hmm. so once we start getting more philosophical i yeah. end up going there because right. there are more examples of that yeah there. it's less concrete um so the the you know, the big question we started with is why does it matter mm -hmm. and i wonder if we can do some synthesis of board games role-playing mm -hmm. games why do they matter and how do they help us sort of be on a pathway of meaning in our lives yeah i think as we've kind of touched on i think having having play as mm -hmm. something to bring people together mm -hmm. um if if you have a shared set of rules um anyone can play mm -hmm. um yeah i really like that framework and you know then having having conflict having tension and release um having something that can get really serious and then like switch and you're laughing because it's ludicrous that we're taking this game so seriously. Right. Um, I like that sort of changing channels or flipping mm -hmm. through our own personalities and our own mm -hmm. aspects of relationship. And everyone gets to define their own relationship to the game too. Like mm -hmm. how much do you care about winning? That's going to be different for every person. Mm -hmm. um, how much do you care about following the rules exactly? Or like, ah, just let that one go. Mm -hmm. Like whatever. Um, I think those are all good, you know, s things to learn about yourself. Yeah. And also, like, a lot of games require a certain degree of compromise as far as, like, I, all right, I wanted to do that, but now you're doing that, so now I can't. And learning to, I think just kind of being in the moment and, and rolling with the chaos, I think, is uh, a big a big part of the appeal. I feel is like... There is a controlled chaos that has no actual impact long-term on your life mm -hmm. you know like if everything goes wrong mm -hmm. sometimes you just lean into it and you end up winning you're like <laughs> okay i have no idea what i'm doing i'm right. gonna take this crazy route that shouldn't work and then it works and the thrill of it and it's so the, fun the, the, yeah the thrill of it i can imagine 
So what three games, if you could recommend three games to commons people or anyone listening uh, to get them maybe out of the Catan rut that they're in, yeah. <laughs> what would you I recommend? I think I would probably say, I think Pandemic is a really good one. Okay. Because it is, it's a really good introduction to working together against the board as a cooperative game. Um, that was kind of my, I had Catan and I had Ticket to Ride and I had Risk and stuff, but like getting, pan, uh, getting Pandemic was the game that really like blew my mind and made me just like, I want all the games. I want to know what else games can do. It really changed what I thought a board game wow. could be. Something like, um, Telestrations, if you want something more fun, that's that, uh, like Pictionary back and forth game. That's a really fun party game. It's really easy to pick up and it's a lot of fun. And it's creative because you're drawing, but you don't have to be that good because it's all chaos and crazy and fun. <laughs> that one's really good for laughing. I don't know, maybe something like Sagrada, okay. um, where you are trying to make a beautiful stained glass window, um, but you have to follow rules and you get points for like what kind of tiles are next to each other and stuff like that. It's yeah. just like, I think those are pretty, pretty different games that would cover a broad spectrum of enjoyment that could be intros for people i love it so many things to think about even just preparing this conversation i feel like i was walking myself into a different relationship with games so now i have to find a way to practice mm -hmm. <laughs> my changed relation my changing relationship with games they shouldn't matter you know on so, you know there's a little mm -hmm. box with some little plastic mm -hmm. things in it shouldn't matter yeah and you took 12, 13 games on a camping trip with yeah. your wife <laughs> yeah. we, after being married for 10 years and are yeah. finding, still find life in it, still feel alive doing it. Yeah. Still finding ways to have fun together yeah. with it. And, um, and we've got enough games now that we know like, okay, we'll take these ones. Josh usually wins this one. Christy usually wins this one, but we kind of like, <laughs> we know it's going to be pretty competitively even by the okay. end of it oh that's so um, funny and just because of how our brains work and, yeah and what systems click with us better right. than others oh love it that's great Hi, my name is John, and I help Bobby make the episodes for Between Sundays. The first time I ever played D&D &D was at the age of 30 with people who also had never played. Well, I took on the role of Dungeon Master, which sounds scary to a youth pastor, but really just means party planner. Everyone was able to have a good time because in reality, no one knew what they were doing, and so there was no pressure to have anything figured out. If I had any advice for people getting into this kind of stuff, it would just be to be chill. What's not chill, but is actually still very good, is that Backwash album that Josh mentioned, I Lie Here buried with my rings and my dresses. It's intense, but it slaps. Between Sundays is a production of Commons Church and the Commons Podcast Network. Bobby Sockled is the host, and Jonathan Petkow is the producer. Artwork by Angie Ishak. Special thanks to Josh Field for coming to hang out with us. You can follow us on Instagram at BTW Sundays. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>